to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it, like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. This word is referring to prejudice between classes of people, ethnic backgrounds, races, nations, and individuals. Discord is the natural outcome of hatred because in the world and in the church, one of the reasons Christianity is hatred abroad is because Jesus broke down the race barrier with his sacrifice and made all men what? Equal. Equal. He made the Jew and the Gentile equal. We are all sons of God. This is why the Pharisees killed him. Because he was talking about demoting them from being first class citizens. His sacrifice made us all equal. Most religions outside of Christianity and a lot of Christianity has a prominent racial group that is superior. So most religions like Buddhists, they believe that the Japanese are superior. All religions are like that. You can join it like Mormons. Mormons, you can, you can be a black Mormon now, but the doctrine of Mormonism says that black people are cursed and the white person is superior. Okay? So all these religions have a superior class, and now Christianity has a superior class, ruling class, because of Rome and the Roman Catholic Church. They believe that they are superior. That's why we don't have as many Catholics here in America as there are abroad. They believe that they are you know, higher up. That's why they elect a pope from certain areas where the pope was, uh, was raised or whatever area he was from. It's the same thing. It's, it's like that in Christianity now, unfortunately, but it's not racist. It's just pecking order in Christianity. So now they've got the bishops that are higher than the normal person. They have the presiding bishop that's higher than all, and he has no one higher than him. And so it's just all messed up. <clears throat> Luke 21 and 10. Then he said unto them, nation shall rise against what? Nation. These are racial groups. And kingdom against what? Kingdom. kingdom. I mean, it seems like right when the black and the whites in America start finally getting along, something nationally happens. Like the Trayvon Martin situation or, you know, the whole Obama thing. What, something will happen. To stir it back up again where blacks will remember that they're black, whites will remember they're white, and they remember that there is a conflict here. Yeah, they're not going to let it die. They're not going to let it rest. It's going to come. They, you know, they're going to keep doing it. Variance. This is the Greek word eris, which means strife or discord. And remember, in part eight, eris is the goddess or, uh, of discord and strife according to Greek mythology. Okay? Greek word eris, 
Disagreement with certain passages or statements in the Bible has caused churches to divide and denominations to form. This is discord. Though it is possible to preach Christ through variance, meaning, you know, you have diff- some little, you know, you have minor discrepancies or whatever, but they, some of you were saved in some of these denominations. Some of you were saved in some of them, even though they were strict or whatever. You accepted Christ in it and you accepted him for real, right? So Christ can be preached through some of these, but... It is not ideal because the organizations or groups that are formed through discord will eventually stumble because of inconsistency and idolatry. So they'll go to a point where they can't go anymore if you are truly reading and enlightening, enlightened by the word. So as the word matures you and you begin to understand, you begin to see that the discrepancy wasn't really a discrepancy. That was somebody that was just mad at somebody and they just didn't want to come together. So they formed denominations based on it. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So as you mature, they get threatened. I sat with a group of people last week and they they said that their pastors was telling them they they were from a certain denomination and they all got out because they were listening to the creation role message and stuff. And the the pastor wasn't having it. He wasn't having any of that. So he would say, y'all on that G. Craig stuff. He said, that's that's like what their whole denomination calls it. Y'all on that G. Craig stuff. So he he said, straight up ask him, well, is it the truth? And he said the pastor couldn't answer. He was like, so if it's the truth, then how is it the G. Craig stuff? As a matter of fact, let's just take G. Craig and EX Ministries out the equation. They're like Brother Jermaine. He always does this. He tells them, okay, let's just take G. Craig out. Let's just take EX Ministries out. Let's take truth behind him. Let's take it all out. And is it the truth? Well, and I had one preacher tell me, he said, well, it's the truth, but what am I supposed to do? How am I going to pay my bills? How, how am I going to pay for this car? How am I going to pay my house? What, what, what you expect me to do? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't preaching expecting you to do nothing. I'm just telling the truth. But think about it. A lot of them. If they were in the world in corporate America, do you think they'd have a Bentley? Would they have a 15,000 square foot house? They're not stuck. They're on the golf course. So, of course, if you come in talking things that's going to disrupt the getting of the goods, you need to stop preaching that. Well, is it the truth? Well, yeah, but don't preach it at my church. I had a very prominent preacher tell me, he said, you know, your message on tithes and offerings. He said, God gave me that many years ago. I never preach it. So I never preach it. He said, but it's true. It's, that's true. God showed me that a long time ago. But I never preach it. I said, so you, you know, my, I, that didn't make any sense to me. I'm just, so God showed you something and you're going to make the choice to not preach it. So God said something, but you're going to say no, God. Man, you preach that, man. You want all the, it'll stop all the money. Can I keep preaching? No, I stepped in it now, didn't I? Though it is possible to preach Christ through variance, it's going to cause inconsistency and idolatry. Proverbs 6 and 13. Forwardness is in in his heart. He devises mischief continuously. And that's how he sows discord. I'm going to preach the truth. Amen? It's not about money. Look at somebody and say, sometimes it can't be about money. Sometimes it just has to be about what is right. Emulations. This is envy or jealousy. 
This is a work of the flesh that gives birth to selfish plights and the inability to deny oneself. When you are jealous or envious, you can't deny yourself. When we are motivated by jealousy or envy, we follow after our own plans because we are focused on what others are doing instead of what God desires for us to do. Proverbs 14 and 30, a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy, the rottenness of the bones. Deep down in the bone. That's what jealousy does. You'll mess your whole life up trying to chase what people are doing. Especially if somebody told you you'd never make it. We're going to leave that on the altar today. If somebody told you you would never make it, we're going to leave that in here today. Don't take that with you. Don't carry that anymore. Who cares what they said? Amen. That motivates people and people get on a plight for the rest of their lives trying to beat that word that was spoken on them. When all you're supposed to be doing is the word that God spoke on you. Because obviously if they would say something like that, then they're measuring you with the wrong stick anyway. You don't get points for being a good mother and a good father and raising your children right on their scale. Wrath! This is a work of the flesh and sin. But the bigger issue is what wrath does to you in the process. Bitterness sets in with wrath and causes you to distrust others. You'll begin to believe people are out to get you. And this leads to schizophrenia. When you cannot trust others, you cannot have true fellowship and love for your brothers and your sisters. Y'all know somebody like that? Yeah. You go all the way with them. You show them love, everything. They keep going crazy. Because they don't trust you. Because they don't trust anyone. They don't trust themselves. Because wrath is in them. Who provokes wrath in us? Who? Who? Fathers, not mothers, fathers, missing father, bad father, weak father, whatever kind of father, that's who provokes wrath in us. God said fathers, he didn't say mothers, mother can't provoke wrath. Children forgive, boys and girls, you forgive your mother, you give your mother a pass no matter what they did, because that's your mother, that's the nurturer. But your father has to prove his approval to you. The mother, it's natural. She nourished you. But the father has to do it in, in the realm of your understanding. It doesn't just come natural. So he has to spend time with you. He has to be there for you. Does that make sense? He has to speak into your life. He does things for you. He disciplines you. Oh, it's getting quiet on the wrath. Wrath will cause you to tear down people that you don't like based on what someone else has done to you. And wrath will always stop your forward progress because you will become more focused on what was done to you than what lies before you. I try to counsel certain people and all they talk about is what was done to them. I'm like, don't you see what's happening? You're doing the same thing. Yeah, but so-and-so did this to me, and they did this to me, and they did me wrong, and they did me, so I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. So your whole life, you're motivated by wrath. You're motivated by what people have done to you. And if you're motivated by people doing you wrong, guess what you're going to do? Wrong. Colossians 3 and 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, lest they be 
discouraged. That's why I preached, especially to the men's class, fathers, men, you got to step up because you have no idea the mark you are making on your lineage. The mark you are making on your children. You have to be there. Can I keep going? Boy, it got kind of quiet. I need to stay on that one. You know, fathers, there's there, there some of you that don't want to be anything like your daddy. I don't want to be nothing like him. He, he was this. He was that. You just like him. You are him. You just do things different than he did. But you're still him. You don't look at your father's mistakes and not want to be him. You just want to be a better version. Because you look like him. How are you going to stop being him and you look like him? You act like him. You do the things he does. That doesn't make you bad because he was bad. That just makes you a different version. You're the improved version. So you got to be big enough to say, you know what, my father, he wasn't perfect or he messed up or he, well, I don't know where he was in his mind, but it's going to be better for me and my children. I may look just like him, but in, 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 in some ways I am just like him. There's a few things I'm going to do differently. Amen. Am I helping somebody in here? Release that hatred and that you got to release it. You can't carry that. I was mad at my dad because he didn't ever take me in. He didn't take me fishing. He didn't take me hunting. He didn't take me here. He didn't take me there. So I was mad at him. Oh, the only place you ever took me was church. church. And so, you know, the day before he died, he apologized to me. And he said, man, I've only taken you to church and, and this and this. So after, you know, he died the next day and over time, I was still resentful and mad that I missed so much. But my resent and my anger was going to make me miss my children. So Lord spoke to me one day and said, you just like them. The Holy Ghost told me this because I'm trying to live. You know, I don't want to be anything like that. God, no, you just like them. You preaching just like you traveling, preaching. That's what he did. You can fix anything. That's what he did. Everything about him is in me. So God had to tell me, you're a fool. It's being a fool. How are you going to not be him? And, he, and you are him. But what you do is you just do things different. You don't have to make the mistakes he made. You just improve. You still have a choice. Try to live your lives like that, man. Just, you, you try to live your life like that, you're going to come to a bad end. Trying to avoid what you are. You are him. And if you let yourself go, guess what you're going to be doing? Exactly what he did. You don't pay attention, but it's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being just like him. Just make sure you don't make the mistakes he made. And you're going to make some mistakes too. You're not perfect. We should know the plan of God for us, which is built into our creation role, what we were created for. Y'all know what your creation role is, right? Yeah, you know what your creation role is. Man, you're supposed to be provider, protector, and priest of your home. That's what God created you for. He put muscles on your body so you can protect your home. He put a work ethic in you so you can take care of your home. He gave you the word so you can be the priest of your home. All that, you don't have to do anything for that. That's built in you. Your creation role is built in you. He gave you seed so you can create a home. He gave you a woman because you fit with the woman. Amen. We preach creation role. We won't have to preach against homosexuality and lesbianism because it, it won't work. It won't work because you're not created for that. Women, you know your creation roles, right? That's what you got a womb for and breast this is. For to have children. That's what you were created for. Anything else you do is what you want to do. 
But what God created you for, you're supposed to be a wife. And you're supposed to have children. And the wife comes first. Then you have children. Amen. You're only supposed to have sex with your husband. And not until he becomes your husband. That's what you were created for. So you got a hymen. I can go into graphic detail. I know my science now. Yeah, you were created like that. Look at somebody and say, God knew what he was doing. And then when you mess it all up, it's all messed up. And that's why you don't have no peace and you're crazy. You better find your creation role or you're going to be crazy. You can't keep sleeping with different men and have sense. You're going to go crazy because your body wasn't built for that. Your body's going to shut down on you. Your body's smarter than you think it is. Ooh, I'm preaching hard in here. Ooh, I got to just wipe. I need, I need an armor bearer to come wipe my sweat. Isn't it? Half the men would get up and leave. It would just be, I know Trent would be gone. It would just be over. Will would stand up here like, what just happened? EX Ministries is over. You know it, right? You know you just blew it. It's built in us, our creation role. Impressing people, self-seeking, showing off, etc. are all works of the flesh that lead many to missing the kingdom of God. James 3 and 16, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and what? Seditions. The word literally means standing apart in the Greek. Divisions between people that make it impossible to reach a common goal. When we're in fellowship together, we should be able to do what? Come on, church folk. When we find ourselves avoiding people, why would you go to a church and you got to avoid somebody in the church? You walking in the door. Now you sitting in the car waiting till they go in. Because I just I don't want to say that. I just don't want to say nothing. This is church, man. Your seat is right here, and you walk all the way around the back, went out that door, came in to the exit, emergency exit, to come sit down so you wouldn't have to talk to somebody. That's some foolishness. That doesn't happen here, I know. Divisions between people. When we are in fellowship together, we have to be able to get along. When we find ourselves avoiding people because of past disagreements, then we must make sure we have what? Being cordial and kind is required of all believers in the body of Christ. If we can't be kind to a person, then there is sedition there. Luke 11 and 17. But he, knowing their, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house does what? We in here. And there's division. We can't help anyone out there. Heresies. Heresy simply means a choice. It's an idea a person has. I thought it was a bad word all the time, but it's really not. In Greek, it can have a good or a bad meaning. This is why in 2 Peter 2 and 1, that false teachers would bring in damnable heresies. Destructive Heresies. It wasn't the heresy that was bad. It was, the, it was a damnable heresy. When men bring in heresies or make choices that do not reflect the truth of the word of God, this becomes a severe work of 
the flesh. First Corinthians explains it well, 11 and 19. For there must be also heresies among you. This Paul saying there's, there's got to be choices among you. That they which are approved may be made manifest among you. So you're going to have opinions and choices, but the ones that reflect the word are not damnable. Does that make sense? I told you you were going to learn something today. Murders! Did I even have to put this on here? Yes, I did. We all know that it's a sin to murder or kill without just cause. Most people have the, the, the Ten Commandments. They have it all wrong. It, it doesn't, it, in the original Hebrew that it was written in, it doesn't say thou shalt not kill. Okay? That would make God conflict with it. Because God had a whole bunch of people's lives terminated. God created Israel to do nothing but terminate. Israel was the first terminator. Amen. God created them to seek and destroy Nephilim. So they killed whole races of folk. It wasn't even that many of them. And they would kill millions. They were lethal. So we know God didn't mean thou shall not kill. He's basically saying thou shall not kill anyone I don't tell you to. That's what it is. Because the original Hebrew it says thou shall not commit murder. Okay? That's, that's what... I mean, you're learning something, huh? You didn't know that, did you? That's why I don't have a gun. Well, I have one. And you stepped to my house the wrong way. Two to the body. Pap, pap. I, I will kill us. I'm not going to murder you. Because I'm going to have just cause. That's not, that's not murder. Let's go to court with it and see what the judge say. That's how we know. The Bible said, peace I leave with thee. Now that's some old corrupt preacher. But many times, but it's killed without just cause is what it is. So it's, it's murder. Thou shalt not commit murder. What Cain did, Cain committed murder. Amen. But Samuel didn't. Samuel, when he hewed Agag to pieces, that wasn't, that wasn't mur- murder. But wasn't Samuel bad? You know what it takes to hew someone to pieces? You know how strong you have to be to dismember a whole body? Samuel was a gangster. A gangster priest. But many times we kill by our words and actions without terminating one's natural life. We can kill the spirit of our spouses, children, friends, etc. when we say the wrong things. We must be, look at somebody and say, be careful. Must be careful how we speak and treat people because we can change the course of a person's lives by our deeds. There are people that won't even go back to church because someone mishandled them in the church. You can have your spirit killed. You can destroy someone with your words. That's why it's important for you to eat right. Yes. Eat right. Because the chemicals in the food alters your behavior. Yes, sir. Yeah. You shouldn't have a bad day and I'm just having a bad day. What is that? Well, we get used to saying that. And then the, a person approaches us. We treat them bad. We want to go back and apologize. But the damage could already be done. That's right. And you could have altered that person's life forever. Be careful what you say. 
Exodus 20 and 13. You shall not commit murder or you shall not murder. Drunkenness. Drunkenness. Strong drink is a work of the what? Obvious. When we continue to use alcohol to silence our conscience, because that's what people do. That's why you're getting drunk. If you never knew why you were getting drunk, you're getting drunk to silence your conscience. Because you don't want to deal with what's on your mind. So being drunk disconnects what's on your mind with your mind. And that's why people do it. Silences your conscience. The bad thing about it is when you sober up, you're going to have a headache. And then whatever you was distancing yourself from comes back. So you got to get drunk again. It doesn't work, basically. When we continue to use alcohol to silence our conscience, we are silencing the voice of God in our conscience as well. We open ourselves up to demonic activity because we are not in our right minds and our guardian is only active in our right mind. Plain and simple. Proverbs 21 and 20, 23 and 21. For the drunkard and the glutton, this person eating all that MSG and high fructose corn syrup, shall come to poverty. Revelings. The obvious meaning of this word is excessive and boisterous intemperance or lustful indulgence. This is the opposite of self-control, but it is rather self-out-of-control. This is the ongoing pursuit of pleasure to satisfy the wants and desires of the flesh. But because the flesh is never satisfied, this is a very destructive path. This includes illicit sex, overeating, and anything else that our flesh wants excessively. It's all sin. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. But I keep my body. This is Paul saying I have to keep my body in check. I bring it under into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to everyone else, I myself should be jacked up. So Paul said he had to keep his flesh under subjection. Don't we all have to keep our flesh under subjection? If we let our flesh go, it will go, won't it? It will go and it won't stop. You have to restrain yourself. Amen? Amen? We can't live reveling. We can't live that lifestyle. That lifestyle kills you. So funny that doctors, even in private, tell homosexuals that they need to stop practicing that lifestyle because it's destructive and they're going to die. The average age of a homosexual is 46. Yeah, because their lifestyle is reveling. Summary! Paul states that we are all victims of these in some way. Whether you did it, somebody that raised you was doing it, somebody did something on this list. Okay? So you were affected by it in some way. These are the things that our flesh were subject to and still desire at times. It's important to remember that this is a list for the church and not the world. Why would this be a list for the world when the world is the world? They're supposed to do these things. These are the things that come into the church to make the church like the world when the church should be the solution for the world. Can I keep preaching? So there has to be a difference between the sinner and the believer in order to reach the sinner. The sinners in the world doing these things. The church doesn't do these things. So we help the sinner to stop doing them by offering them the solution that to help them stop doing it. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? So there has to be a difference. We must put away the works of the flesh and live through his spirit and use his spiritual fruit to overcome all works of the flesh. Psalms 19, 119 and 101 says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might do what? 
keep thy word. So the Bible is telling us that these things cannot be named among us. What does that mean? That means stop. Stop doing them. Because they're going to affect your family. They're going to affect your future. They're going to affect everything. That's what Eris does. Eris is the goddess of discord. She comes to sow discord. She comes to mess generations up. Remember in part 8 I talked about the Canaanites. They are still in existence to this day. Because of one simple murder in the Old Testament. Cain. And that will keep going. And that's what. That's what the devil wants for your family. What was done to you, what your father did, what his dad did, whatever. He wants it to keep going in your lineage so your children won't have opportunity to really be what God wants them to be. But it starts with you. Amen? Amen. Everyone bow your heads. It starts with each and every one of us. No matter how old, no matter how young you are, it starts with you. It starts today. So we're going to disable the works of the flesh. We're going to, now that you know what they are, you can do something about it. Amen? 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 So anyone that needs prayer, that needs to be stronger in any of these areas, to stand against the wiles of the enemy, and to boot Eris out of your life for good, I want you to just stand up, and I'm going to trust God and believe with you, whoever it is. I just don't want any of these on my list. I don't want them. I don't want them in my life. Tired of falling to the same thing over and over. Tired of falling into the same trap. Tired of allowing this to happen. My life needs to be different. It needs to be different. I want to give this stuff up. I want it out of my life. Anyone else? Amen. Why don't everybody just stand up? How about we do that? Because everyone, even if you, you, you haven't done anything on this list, it's been done to you. Or you've, you know, you've been susceptible to it or something has happened. So we want to make sure that we just conquer these areas, okay? As believers. As adamant believers. Everyone with your heads bowed. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your truth. God, we thank you for your power. The power, Father God, so that the word can be spoken, just like Paul did back in his day. And it can challenge the very gods and goddesses that represent themselves as sin, being embodied as a spirit or a demon. God, we can speak life. We can preach truth and challenge the very foundation of hell, the very foundation of the enemy. We can challenge his works, every work of the flesh, just by truth in your word, just by the power of your word. And God, we speak it right now. And I pray every man in here, even God, those that are struggling with that, that similarity with them and their father and trying so hard to not be their father, even though they're just like their father. God, that they will accept the fact that If it wasn't for their father, they wouldn't even be here. So no matter the indifferences and no matter what happened and how hurt they are, God, they got to forgive and move on and just make sure they don't make the same mistakes. But they need to cherish the fact that they even had a father from the beginning. Every woman in here, God, many of them, Lord, they need their creation role visible and active in their lives, God. They need... Father God, to invest in that. I pray right now, no matter how young they are, God, that something in your word will turn their hearts so that their attention will be on you. And though they may have earthly goals, which is fine, we can have earthly goals, their ultimate goal would be what you made them and what you created them to be. God, that we would all just line up with who you made us to be. And God, I pray for forgiveness, Lord. Forgiveness for any of these that we have 
been partakers of, any of these that we have broken, any of these works of the flesh that has been operating through any of us, God, we repent right now and we turn from it. And we ask for your forgiveness because you said that is a benefit of us serving you. You'll heal our diseases and you'll forgive all of our iniquities. So we just cast it all at your feet right now that you would cleanse us so that we won't be unclean, but we will be clean. In Jesus' name. And there'll be no variance. There'll be no strife. There'll be no discord. But we'll model you in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.